Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. That would be me, the people's champ. Since this is the Fantasy Gesture Show, and I'm talking... I would presume to all of you that I am the fantasy jester if you have not heard of me before and have not listened before. For those of you who have listened before, you know damn well who it is and how are you tonight. I is absolutely, it's finally stopped raining. Uh, we had the storm, her mind, blow through Florida, as I'm sure many of you have heard. Fortunately for us, uh, we were just on the outer edges, so we got rain for a couple of days and it's, you know, on and off rain, not anything bad. Uh, a couple of friends of mine got hit hard. Uh, hound dog out there. Uh, God bless. He, he lost a lot in this. A wrestler I know from the uh, West coast of Florida got hit hard. So hound dog, our thoughts are with you and your family and uh, anybody else who was affected by the storm. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. I have a little tickle tonight, and I've tried for 15 minutes to get rid of it. It's absolutely annoying, and I apologize. I, I'm going to be like, <clears throat> and trying to clear it. And don't mean to be rude, but I'm trying to also speak clearly now uh, so that you don't miss a thing. And, you know, again, we're coming from D-Land, Florida. It's 80 degrees, and I hope it is beautiful wherever you are tonight. And thank you so much for joining. And, you know, obviously <laughs> – by the way, things are going so far. I didn't go to broadcasting school, uh, that, you know, for format and proper etiquette and how to, you know, broadcasting school so that I could go ahead and, well, for lack of a better term, I would go to broadcasting school to talk. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with talking. I don't have a problem with voicing my opinion. I don't have a problem with being interesting. So when I, I, I think of broadcasting school, is it, is it to learn how to have a personality, to learn how to voice your opinion? Becoming right, you know, being right whenever you speak part, well, that, that's something acquired and partially God-given, I think. And uh, not everybody has that, and I feel bad for them. And that's why they don't have the Fantasy Jester show. I do. With that said, you know, I'll be bringing in my co-host, JT. He's on all our podcasts. He's on the FXE Live podcast on Wednesday nights, the wrestling show, where he was also just announced as the voice of Florida Extreme Entertainment, my wrestling production, and he is going to be the voice of it and the lead announcer on it. He's also with me on Thursday nights, Gridiron guys, every Thursday, 7 to 8 o'clock, we kick off the season. The very first of the season will be in our regular format that, you know, you'll see every week for the next, God knows, every weeks in a row. 
We got the 17, and then we'll see how we're going to do the gridiron guys once we get to the playoffs for everybody. We look forward to that. We're going to have JT come in. We're going to have Busy J on tonight, and uh, he is going to be – I'm very proud to say this. You know, we talked about this the other night on our two-hour special, and if you didn't listen to the two-hour special, you know, forget the shame on you part. Everybody's busy. I understand that, okay? not going to worry about the shame on you. That's That's silly stuff that silly announcers say. I'm just going to call it straight as it is. I know you were probably busy if you missed it. You missed a fantastic show. I mean, we blew through a lot of topics that night. So, you know, go back, listen to us either through fantasyjestersports.com, the website, or you can go over to iTunes. Just pull up Fantasy Jester and go to the latest one, and you'll be able to catch the Gridiron Guys two-hour special. It, It doesn't matter who your team is. We covered every team in the NFL that night with our roundtable, a special guest. And we also announced that night that Busy J would be joining us. He's back and uh, has made some time for us now, and he's writing articles for us. We're looking forward. That first article is, will be coming out, and you can look forward to that. Busy J is going to be covering the NBA for us and also be covering uh, the football games. The What he's going to do is he's going to cover – Once the regular season for football starts, he's going to cover the one o'clock games. He's going to give us the review for our site, fantasyjusticesports.com. And now, every Saturday, he's going to be joining us on the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm very happy about that. Now, what I want to get into before we start the show, and I bring in JT and Busy J, is just a quick note. I'm going to forego the rant tonight to bring you some nothing short of a miracle in news folks uh we have for many of you who have followed us over these past couple of months you know the story of gary ruat and for those of you who don't know gary's story i'm just going to give it to you real quick he's now 17 when this started he was 16 and he has a disease, a degenerative eye disease that's causing him to go blind at 16. And the FDA, there's a, there's a uh, study out there that will allow him to get eyesight back 50 to 80% of his eyesight back in just one eye because they only do one eye, but it would allow him to have sight uh, uh, as a young, young adult that he is. And up until now, we've been protesting and petitioning on change.org. We had a petition over 100,000 signatures, and thank you to everybody, 100,000 signatures. Because of all of you out there and those 100,000 of you that did everything that you could to help Gary Ruat get some eyesight, The Ruat family was happy to announce this week that the FDA has lifted the hold. He was not allowed to get it because he wasn't 18. And I am happy to announce that they've lifted in favor for Gary Ruat to be able to go this October, I believe. And uh, we're going to have the Ruats on. We're going to have one of them on, probably Gary Sr., 
will come on and tell us exactly, give us a full update. They were a little busy this weekend uh, with family. The news just came out and they have family coming into town. And probably next week on this show, we'll be able to come to you very, 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 very happy, very blessed. And this is for all those people out there who say prayer doesn't work. Because let me tell you something, FDA was not moving on this. They tried every way to Sunday, even willing to emancipate him at 16 so that he had to. And the FDA said, no, that wasn't good enough. Every road, everything looked like it had, there was a roadblock. Everything was a no, 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 no. And they were under a time constraint. The time constraint was one year from being diagnosed. Otherwise, you're not allowed into the program, and time was running out. They were getting nervous. They were really starting to get scared, and all of a sudden, that phone call came. You know, imagine being a parent. I, I, I try and put myself in their place, watching my child go blind, and there's nothing I can do. I'm yelling for help, please help, please help, and nobody's hearing me. Imagine the desperation for months and months on end, watching your son get worried and scared as he's losing his eyesight and it's getting worse day by day, and you're a helpless parent. Imagine that feeling, and then imagine that feeling when you get the call. Your son's going to be accepted. A great, great day for the Ruats. God bless them. I'm happy to bring that news to you. And on that happy note, we bring you one heck of a show tonight. We're going to be talking a little bit about everything. You know, I'm going to bring in JT. I'm going to bring in Busy J. We're going to talk WWE, SmackDown, NXT. We're going to talk FXE. We're going to talk Hard Knocks. I have a little something to say to somebody at ESPN, and we'll see. I put, I put out the invitation for him to call into the show. We'll see if, if he does. And then uh, the NHL article that just hit, fantasyjestersports.com, the NHL article by Tate Dello, and it covers the Metropolitan Division, and you're going to get to hear what I have to say about that, and uh, you're not going to want to miss that. Major League Baseball, what team has your attention for a late push? You're also going to find out what's ahead for FantasyJusticeSports.com. NBA, what team is going to challenge? Is there a team that's going to challenge Golden State, or are we just going to basically mail in the season? Busy Jay's going to give his opinion on that and coverage of that. I, I really want to see what he has to say. We're going to wrap up for those of you following in from the gridiron guys. <laughs> so if you didn't catch the show at the end of the gridiron guys, we ran out of time and I just told everybody come to this show so you can catch what the ending is. Uh, and that is the factor fantasy that we ran through. We went through each and every team of the NFL and we fell six teams short in the factor fantasy. So we're going to finish that up. And then we're going to talk about the NFL news of the day that has our attention and, and what's going on there. A lot has gone on in the NFL in the, just the past couple of days. I mean, 
we were just on the gridiron guys on Thursday, and here we are Saturday, and the landscape has just changed. And then we're going to have, again, we're going to do uh, today's edition of Factor Fantasy. So we really hope you enjoy. Without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in my partner in crime and everything we do together. Folks, the man with an answer to everything in sports, Fez, F-E-Z, 437 at Twitter. He's a twit. My co-host and friend, Jason J.T. Townsend. How are you, J.T.? Jester, it's a fantastic evening here in Columbus, Ohio, where the mighty Ohio State Buckeyes just beat up on powerhouse known as Bowling Green 77 to 10. It was a nail-biter. You know, yeah, I got to commend those Buckeyes for such a powerful opponent to open their season against. But uh, otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Sounds like you are as well. Great news about Gary. Isn't that absolutely fantastic? I mean, we're just getting awesome. running out of time. We only had a couple of months left. The family's getting worried. When Gary started school, it really brought him down. And then... Boom, just like that, the call comes in, and it's a positive one. I just can't imagine being that parent going from helpless and losing hope, but not losing faith. They were just, they were just right. getting worn, okay? And then all of a sudden, that call comes in. That's just got to be, I mean... God bless them. That's just got to be amazing. Got to reaffirm your faith after that. Got to reaffirm your faith. So, great news on that. We've got football coming. We're less than a week out from Denver, Carolina on Thursday night. And uh, I'm ready to talk about some sports. I'm ready to go. And I'm ready to bring in – is he the – I guess he's uh, back to being the rookie of the group now. He is actually under. uh, I guess he's actually under Tate. Now, how bad oh. is that? Oh, that's bad. When you're when you're behind a Buffalo Bill fan, that's saying something. Well, his redemption is is that he is a Giant fan, and I'm getting ready to bring him in. Jason Busy J. Cordner is back with us, and tonight he is back on the Fantasy Jester Show. I am happy to say, how are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be back in the major leagues, and I'm in the minor leagues. <laughs> you got to, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, with the kind of work that you put in and, and folks, you know, for those of you who don't really know much about busy or just going to learn about him, understand one thing. He, he, he got the name busy for a reason. He puts in a lot of work and, and for that work, I believe he deserves the attention for it, the credit for it, and, right. and whatever, whatever could come his way for those efforts. So, you know, we definitely welcome him in on this. Now, the first thing I want to talk to you guys about, and uh, JT, I'm going to have you start us off on this. WWE, I mean, is it lining up that it's going to be uh, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT? Is that what we're looking at? I'll tell you, that's what it looks like to me. When you watch the replay of Raw last Monday night, Stephanie McMahon is not in any way, shape, or form uh, an Oscar-winning actress. 
she looked completely surprised by the appearance of uh, Triple H. So did Kevin Owens, and for that matter, so did Seth Rollins. I mean, was this a last-minute twist by Vince? Is this a signal of maybe an NXT invasion? Uh, Triple H helped his guy, you know, Kevin Owens, get that belt. It it looks like it, and I hope it is, because I think it would be great. To go ahead and what do you you foresee? Something like three divisions and they all go against each other kind of thing, or they're going to keep the brand separate? Maybe they keep the – well, you keep what you have in Raw and SmackDown, and maybe NXT picks and chooses when they show and maybe a pay-per-view match between uh, different brands, things of that nature. I mean, there's so many different – things that WWE could actually do with this, but right. NXT is, in my opinion, superior entertainment than SmackDown these days, so they've earned their spot. Uh, Busy J, what do you think? Is there a chance, maybe, if uh, if they go ahead and try and bring NXT more into the picture, you think there's a chance where they do a redraft of all three brands? I think so. I think so. Me... Speaking for somebody that was at SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, and Raw, I will tell you firsthand, everybody's into NXT. By far, it was the best time I had the entire weekend. And I'm going to paint this quick picture for you guys. For the first time in WWE history, we have three champions that are pure indie stars. That's never happened in the company. Mm. Triple H is definitely behind this push to get the indie talent, especially when you have three brands, so you're pretty much filling up three brands at the same time. So kudos to Triple H. I think it'll make uh, the best storylines. I see I see it an, an NXT invasion to some sorts. Just think about this. You have the club on Raw. You have AJ on SmackDown. you got other Bullet Club members um, currently holding the NXT championship in Sensei Nakamura. I think it's definitely in play. We're going to see, like, all three infractions get together, and I think it'll tear that roof off of all over WWE. It's good for business. All right, yeah, yeah. Now, all right, and in that, let me ask you something, JT. You know, NXT is kind of uh, Triple H's baby. And, you know, I'm wondering if I don't see a little, uh, there's been a little foreshadowing as to what would happen with his his little baby, as it did in his uh, in his uh, career for wrestling, and that is this. You know, uh, magically he was always written to win. You know, how many belts he won, how many belts he won, how many belts, mm-hmm. how many title matches he would win, and, and amazingly he was always written for that. And now I'm wondering if that's not what's going to magically, as he's one of the lead creators uh, with the rest of the family. Is it magically now he's coming up with, oh, yeah, and now my brand actually works. You know, kind of uh, they've gone from maybe a tag team where they had, you know, uh, DX and all that stuff, tag teams together and all that. Now it's Triple H's brand versus the other brands. And magically will Triple H write it so that his brand works. I mean, do you see maybe something like that? Yeah, you know, what it reminds me of is sort of when he put Evolution together. You had tag champions. You, I believe it was the IC or U.S. title was being held, and Triple H had the world championship. So his whole stable had gold at one point, or most of the stable had gold. 
So I kind of see NXT or his brand being that same type of thing. You're going to see multiple NXT guys holding the gold. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. You know, and uh, speaking of uh, holding gold, this past week, if you missed it on FXE Live, uh, we had a phenomenal, phenomenal show on uh, not just the coverage. We, we were able to talk a little bit about uh, WWE. A, a couple of people out there wished we had talked about it more. And, you know, I mean, all I can say is get your own show then if you want to talk more about it. But in my case, I needed to talk about my personal brand, <laughs> you know. Call me crazy. Uh, it's my show and uh, it's my brand. I was going to mention it for a little bit, especially when we're doing uh, our first signings. You know, we're, we're signing our first talent, and that seemed kind of necessary to talk about. Absolutely fantastic time. We had Joey Cage, our first signee, former MMA guy, and uh, he's he's been a couple of people in Florida have seen him wrestle already, and we're we're surprised at how quickly he is learning and what he has down and he, he could be, he could be something one day. And then now also we signed another developmental guy and I don't mean developmentally challenged, although maybe because uh, he thought it was smart to, you know, stop, start with Joey cage. And here's the thing about Joey cage. He's not somebody to be uh, messed with. He's a serious young guy. And, uh, has no problem laying you out. I mean, he really is, he's a contender. And I don't know if Mako, uh, that's who our other signee was, had any idea of what he was getting into as he was uh, taunting uh, Joey Cage the other night. But it was a great time, JT, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. And let me tell you something that I took away from the production meeting that we uh, had recently. It's going to be such a cool blend of visuals, music, smoke, action, story. I can't wait to see it. This just really looks like it's shaping up to be a lot more than even I expected it was going to be, and I really can't wait to get going, and I'm I'm shocked that I actually get to be a part of it. So, I mean, this is going to be fun. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, you know, um, JT was finally, because we uh, came up with who we wanted our announcers to be, and I don't mind bringing them in for, from uh, – heavens to Betsy, who knows where he's going to be that week. Um, and uh, we'll bring him on in to do these shows. And he was finally read in. And, and for both people out there, and I'm going to leave you on this before we get to hard knocks. Think a magic show. Imagine if a magic show, a wrestling show, and a light show had a threesome. <laughs> You know, like most good threesomes, you're going to watch. So, you know, put together a little magic, a little wrestling, and a little light show into a threesome, okay? And that's pretty much, you're going to have something that you're not going to want to take your eyes off of. That's the best way to describe that. Anyway, go ahead. Hard Docs, JT, what do we got this week? You know, this week, we're back to our good friend, William Haynes. He's out Mm -hmm. on the practice field. He's doing his thing. And you look over, the camera pans over to the crowd, and you have someone dressed up in full costume as Ariel, the Little Mermaid, tail and all, just sitting there on the railing, combing her hair, 
And William Hayes, our, our resident mermaid expert, sees this and decides he's going to go over and talk to her for a little while, uh, take a picture with her. And I'll tell you, the, the saddest part of this whole thing is the end of the conversation. She tells him, thank you for believing in me. Yeah, I almost lost my dinner at that point. Uh, just like, really? Did you just oh, say that? Lordy. Okay, sure. Only in Los Angeles. Um, people are strange. The Doors had it right when they sang that song. So going a little farther now, William Haynes decides he's going to go to a dinosaur museum. And they have this young lady that is a curator at this. And she's taken through every exhibit. Uh, and he's trying to shoot her down on everything, even going to the point and saying, hey, if you come over to my house and you dig up one of these skulls in my backyard, I'll consider believing you that these are real. So she takes him around, shows him a dinosaur egg, fossilized dinosaur egg. He's looking at it and looking at it. He says, that's a rock. She's like, no, really, this is a fossilized dinosaur egg. So he gets on with one of his teammates on iPhones that look like, you know, they had the, the, the chat on. And he shows this guy, hey, look at this. They're calling this dude. They're saying this is a dinosaur egg. What does his teammate say? Eugene Sims, by the way, is the guy. Oh, that's, that, that's a rock. So, you know, those two guys going back and forth. He's still not believing in dinosaurs. It's still a government conspiracy. So she stoops to the farthest level she can. She's going to show him fossilized dinosaur dung. And can you guess what his comment was? No, guys. It can't. It can't be real because I don't see any corn in it. <laughs> we got to get this guy on the show, Jester. We got to call this guy. Um, Somebody, please get a hold of him. Fast forward this a little bit. Uh, Alec Ogletree, new starting middle linebacker, on one of the one of the days with pads, decides just because he's bored, he's absolutely going to light Benny Cunningham up on a play. He drills him. Cunningham gets up, gets in his face. A brawl, a brawl ensues. So Jeff Fisher's out there trying to wrangle the troops. So on the next play, Todd Gurley's not allowed to be touched, mind you. Todd Gurley gets Yeah, he's going yeah, to go after Ogletree on the next rep. Well, needless to say, a brawl ensues. And in the distance, you hear Jeff or Jared Goff talking about, you know, I started the fight once in college, and as soon as the big guys got involved, I just turned around and ran away. So, folks, <laughs> you don't want Goff in your corner if a brawl starts. Stay away from this guy. Um, oh, another thing okay. I'll throw out there, Tavon Austin. They mm-hmm. featured him on this show. If you haven't got a chance to watch it, this kid is a class act. He had just signed his – $42 million contract extension before the preseason game last Saturday. He's out on the field right before the game, and he looks over in the other end zone and sees Rams owner Stan Kroenke. He runs to the owner, embraces him, and says, thank you so much for believing in me. You've changed my life. Just seems like a quality kid. Genuine, works hard, has a blast, knows what he's doing is fun. Not everybody gets to do it. So that's my takeaway from him, guy that just seems to love what he's doing. Uh, and understands that the man, you know, some of these athletes lose the idea that, you know, they just got handed millions. They do have some sort of uh, responsibility to that ball club. You know, they were handed millions. 
you know, the guy making $10 an hour has responsibility to his boss. You would think if somebody's handing you millions, that responsibility to your boss should be looked upon even greater, and it's not. But uh, just real quick, as far as that's concerned about Goff and everything, I'm telling you, bust, big bust. We'll mm-hmm. see. Just, Busy, what yeah, are you saying now? Have you, Busy, have you had the opportunity to watch uh, Hard Knocks? Are you up on what's going on? I, I'm pretty much catching up on the last couple episodes, but I do know I'm very disappointed to hear that my favorite guy on the show just got cut. Who, Who are we talking? Austin, Austin Hill. Yep. He just got cut. His daughter's a trip. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, I feel really awful for him, but hopefully he picks up on the practice squad, but... It's heartbreaking to know that the personality of the show has just been cut towards the end of it. Okay. And now let me ask you something about the show, uh, Busy. How, how do you like it as compared – have you watched other years, or is this your first year watching Yeah, I watched other years. I like this one a little bit more because it's the whole intrigue going back to L.A., and we finally mm-hmm. have a number one pick. And then I feel like the show has done nothing to help Goff – <laughs> it's only it's only exposed them, so that's why I find this season a little bit more intriguing than previous hard knocks. Well, all right, yeah, and uh, that's what I've been hearing is mixed reviews. I've been hearing uh, either you really like it or you really uh, hate it. You know, you're not getting a lot of stuff out of it. You're not getting to see Gurley uh, what he can truly do because you can't lay a glove on him. And uh, like I said, uh, for me, uh, I've been hearing how underwhelming Goff really is. So Fisher, Fisher knows, knows what. where his bread is buttered. So he knows that their season depends on number 30, and he's not going to let anyone touch him until week one. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. You don't need to either, exactly. You're not getting nope. anything. You know, nope. Trust me, I have heard more times than I care to. The Eagles were perfect during the preseason, you know. They didn't lose. You didn't win anything for going 4-0 in the preseason, folks. Participation anyway, trophy. No, no, no. No participation. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Al Hassan from ESPN and what he had to say. We've been uh, – we put a – Oh, I'll talk to you about Hell Hassan when we get back. When we get back, NHL article uh, Tate put up this uh, this past uh, weekend over the weekend now, and then MLB, what's ahead? NBA, NFL, NFL around the around the uh, country. The news that's been going on. We got Factor Fantasy going to be covering each and every sport, but right now we have to pay some bills. Hi, folks. Fantasy Jester here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey, from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, We'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, 
and we'll show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers. I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go to get help starting a business? All right, and if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com All right, Ethan, one more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, Bedfromthebed.com That's right, folks, Breadfromyourbed.com. Hey, hello, and we are back from that commercial. I love that commercial with Ethan and... Right now, actually, what I'm doing is, hold on, I'm tweeting, I'm, I'm tweeting Mr. Amin El-Hassan, and uh, hold on, hashtag coward is what I'm putting in, and I just tweeted him. If you go on Twitter right now, you'll be able to see, I, I, I have no problem. I've called this guy out all week so far, and I've been tweeting him, tweeting him, emailed him. Tweeted him, emailed him, tweet, 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 tweet. I keep tweeting, and I've tweeted him like four times in the past hour, trying to call this coward out, okay? Absolutely no sack on this man whatsoever. For those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, uh, the other day, Kevin Owens won the belt in wrestling. He, he, he won the belt in wrestling, and, you know, his son is uh, developmentally challenged, okay? And he was excited. His father had just won the belt. He's eight years old. His daddy just won the belt. And he's all excited for him and cheering and all that. And this piece of crap, this piece of garbage, who has no balls to come on here. I'm going to send him a copy of this, too. This way you can hear exactly what I'm saying about him. Piece of garbage decides to go ahead and pick on the eight-year-old through social media. Really? Really? You are that low? What I want to know, and this is, this is my next set of calls, because I'm not going to stop on this. My next set of calls is going to be to ESPN. I want to know how this man has kept a job, not been suspended, what's being done, because he's a douchebag. Hello, ESPN? Yes. Hi, this is the Fantasy Jester. And I just want to, who do I speak to to find out why Amin Al-Hassan is such a douchebag? Uh, hold on, sir. Uh, uh, let me get that answer for you. Because that's what I want. I want the answer to why this douchebag hasn't been punished how is, how is this not being talked about? Coward. Coward. You were called out. Come on this show. Talk to me. Tell me what the hell you were thinking, man. Coward. Hashtag coward. Hashtag douchebag. 
Hashtag, hashtag I'm calling ESPN Monday. That's my next part. I tried to give you the opportunity to be a man and stand up and say, hey, listen, you know what? I made a mistake. Or to stand by it. You couldn't do either. How the hell do you have a job? How are you in media? Get the hell out of my profession. This is my area now. You answer to me. Douche. Douche. Pick on an eight-year-old. Douche. You bet. I'm sending a copy of this. Coward. Pick on me. Coward. That's all the time you get on my show, you piece of garbage. What we do have, okay, is some great writing that happened on our site. Getting ready to bring the guys back in on the NHL article by Tate Dello. Absolutely great job for the most part. He talked about the, <laughs> you know, JT and uh, Busy J, you know, he covered the uh, NHL last week in the first part, and now he's goes ahead and in my, in this division happens to be my team. Now, I'm, I go through the article little by little. You know, I'm editing it and this, that, the other, and I'm reading it as I go along. All right, so his first one's on the Capitals, and all right, yeah, you know, Capitals is going to be the same team, not hard to pick them. Uh, they got what I've called already who's going to be the uh, number one fantasy goalie uh, Braden Holtby on their team uh, and again I'm taking him right now as the number one goalie off the board or at least he should be in your draft and he covered the Stanley Cup champions easy enough to do yeah they should be uh, going for another uh, playoff run okay yeah you know pretty much those are those are softball kinds of things to cover to uh, as he's talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins though I had to uh, call out, he has Mark andre Fleury will have to step it up again this year if the Penguins are going to defend the Cup. No. Um, right now, number one on the depth chart is Matt Murray. Matt Murray, as he should be. Sorry. Right. Yeah. No, no, you're good. Thanks. And, and uh, then we have the Rangers. That's Busy Jay's country. Uh, he says that they should make a playoff push again. Uh, I, my question, Busy J, is uh, Rick Nash, do you think he's going to stay? I think so. I think they're going to work out the differences. I think he's going to stay. They need him. The Rangers definitely desperately need him because I don't think they're going to be that strong this year without him, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I don't see that. I don't think that they're as dangerous as they could be. Uh, and uh, I, I just don't think that they have the forwards that they need. Yes, they've, exactly. got, a, a, they've got a good, you know, a, a pretty decent defense. but uh, And they've got Lundquist. And, and, yeah, now they've got a decent backup for him in Ranta. But uh, I'm – wondering where the scoring is going to come from after that first line, as I usually am with the uh, Rangers. The Islanders here, he has, uh, and this is this is what I don't understand, is he has them, you know, the Islanders' uh, big addition was uh, free agent Andrew Ladd. Andrew Ladd really isn't a major goal scorer, and 
even though they signed him to a seven-year deal. I don't see that as a uh, – I don't know. I don't see that. Does anybody else see Andrew Ladd as an equal replacement for losing Kyle Ocposo to Buffalo? No. Absolutely not. No no way. No. So the Islanders should also be a competitive team this year and make the playoffs again. I disagree with that. Anybody else disagree with the Islanders making the playoffs? Uh, maybe fight for the last spot. I'll say that. JT, how about you? I agree with Busy. Right in there, that seven, eight, first seed out or first team out. Yeah, okay. That's ceiling. Yeah, and then he covers the uh, Flyers, and he talks about you know uh, they helped by bringing in the Ratko Gudis, and uh, that was a good pickup for them. They needed uh, some somebody a little bit more intimidating back there on the uh, on the back line, and you know we'll see what they do. It should be an interesting year for the Flyers. You get to the Carolina Hurricanes, and this is the one that I don't understand. Uh, he some of these guys that he's talking about. You know, uh, Elias Lindholm, Victor Rask, uh, Tara Vinen. Tara Vinen's a maybe. That's why uh, he's not with Chicago anymore. And Stahl, yeah, okay. Skinner, Skinner is uh, Skinner. But then a free agent pickup of Lee Stepniak. I don't think anybody really thinks that that's a great pickup uh, that should put this uh, team on the map at all. But And then he finally says, though, that they're a year or two away from a serious contender. Um, yeah, well, every every team in the NHL is two years away from being a contender, at least if you build it properly. That's, that's how long it would take me. Now, getting to the part that I don't have enough time to talk about right now. And <clears throat> for those of you who don't know, I am a diehard Devils fan, Jersey Devils fan. And I don't know, JT, you had a chance to look at the article. Do you think he was just like purposely messing with me, or do you think he was really that far off on the Devils? Uh, No, and Tate, the way I do, and as long as I have, I would say a little bit of both probably. Um, You know, he – he took a beating on our uh, two-hour special Thursday night. Uh, you, 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 you know, you delved out some punishment on his Buffalo Bills not even be worthy of the CFL. So there may be a little jab there for your Devils, but I also think that uh, he put down what he feels, and Tate's been a, a hockey guy as long as I've known him. So I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Well, real quick. Uh, the Devils are another young team with few veteran players sprinkled in to help teach and develop young guys. Kyle Palmieri had him, Henrique led the Devils in scoring last year. And this, that, the other. Devils, uh, first off, let me start with my first argument in this. The Devils goalie, Corey Schneider, has the potential to be a much better goalie than he has been so far as a New Jersey Devil. Uh, here's the thing about Schneids and, you know, you take a look at his numbers and yes, he doesn't have the greatest win loss record, but that's because they don't have scoring last year. He put up a ridiculous goals against average of two fifteen, and an even more ridiculous save percentage of nine twenty four. You really can't get much better than that without actually putting up a uh, brick wall in front of the net. 
you know, you get out your bricks, you get out your mortar, and that's one of the few things that are better than Corey Schneider right now in net. The fact is, is that he doesn't get any scoring. Now, one of the things that he failed to mention that was helps the Devils and would help any team is they picked up Taylor Hall, guy who had 26 goals, 50 block shots, nice for a forward, but he's 24 years old, and now you put him on a front line with Adam Henrique, who's 26, who had 30 goals, eight of them game winners, and also blocked 56 shots. And you put him with a 25-year-old Palmieri, 30 goals, 23 of the, 23 power play points. He also blocked 51 shots. So you're talking about guys who scored between 25 and 30 goals and also come back and have some kind of defensive responsibility as your number one line, all young t- mid-20-year-olds, 30 goals, 30 goals, 26. You're talking about a, lo- a, a, a line that has a potential to be a goal-a-game line. And that's going to be phenomenal for the Devils because then you can move Travis Zajac and Camilleri Zajac, who, you know, isn't that far removed from some great seasons when he was working with uh, Parisi, is now with Camilleri, and they're going to put a winger with him. And then the third line now becomes your first-round draft pick from last year. Pavel Zaka, who's 6'3", 210, okay, 19 years old. And in one game in the NHL last year, he had two assists. He was a plus four in only 16 minutes. In Albany, he played three games. This is his uh, experience so far. Three games, one goal, two assists for a plus three in two penalty minutes. So he's adapting from coming over from the OHL because that's where he was last year in Sarnia. He played for the Sarnia Sting where he had 64 points in 51 games and you're talking about putting that young man, a first-round pick, sixth overall from the Czech Republic, in a position where he's going to be able to take his time and grow. You can put him on a third line. You're going to put him on the third line with a Joe Blandese who hustles and a Bo Bennett who you just got. Now, Bo Bennett's a guy that, you know, this is a former first-round, 2010, uh, from 2010 first-round pick. Now, you got to understand what Bo Bennett's problem has been. He's either been injured or buried behind guys like Malk and Crosby and all that. Okay, so he's playing on the third and fourth lines, or he's been injured. But here's the thing about him. We talked about Taylor Hall, and we all know what kind of scorer Taylor Hall is. Taylor Hall scores at a 9% clip. 9% of his shots go in the net. Bo Bennett? I want to see what this kid does with some playing time because he shoots at 11%. And he is a former first-round pick, so I'd like to see what happens. You've got two first-round picks playing on a third line with no pressure. going to be interesting. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't think not only do they, uh, was he off, I think that the Devils make the playoffs. Lastly, uh, Columbus. No, Columbus, is, uh, Columbus needs a lot of help. Nice. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, JT, I'm going to go with you first and then Busy J. Anything about that article besides what I said you want to uh, throw out there for anybody? 
I mean, I like how he covers a little bit of each team, kind of his what he feels are the high points and the low points. I do agree with some of what he has to say. Uh, being a Penguin fan myself, Stanley Cup champions, I disagree with the Mark Andre Fleury comment, which you did hear from me earlier. Uh, other than that, looking through, I mean, some of the points you made on the Devils, as much as it makes my skin crawl, I got to agree with you. Uh, you are a fan successor for a reason, and I do have to agree with you on some of that. All in all, though, good piece, uh, good read, and like any good article, if it doesn't strike up some kind of a controversy or conversation, it's not worth yep. reading. Yeah, no, yeah, I, that's two articles right now on hockey, and uh, I've really, you know, I found one on one article to pick on uh, Toronto uh, last week, and this time only one with uh, the Devils really to pick on. Uh, Busy Jay, when you go ahead and you hear what he's had to say, is there anything in there that you want to throw in about the Metropolitan Division? No, I actually like that. I like that a lot. I kind of agree with you in terms of the Devils. I think they're going to be a feisty young team. They're maybe a little a little notch below the Islanders, but that's, you know, they're still going to be in the playoff line. So I expect a lot from the Devils. I thought it was a great read. And uh, me being a Western Conference fan, other than the Rangers fan, I'm waiting to see what he has to say about the entire Western Conference because we know that's the heavy hitters over there. Western Champion, Conference yeah. is going to be – yeah, the Western Conference is going to be is interesting. And I'm going to tell you right now, between the three of us, I want to see what he says about San Jose because yes. Peter DeBoer teams yeah, – Peter agree. DeBoer teams – yeah. Peter DeBoer teams traditionally fall off their second year. So I want to see – uh, if that trend continues, it happened with the Devils. It happened with Florida that they just, they had a great first year. And with both those teams, they continued to fall off. So I want to see what his, he has to say about that. Definitely. Good job, guys. Good job on, on, on that. And now as we move from NHL and we go to uh, major league baseball, we're going to talk about what team has your attention for a late push. And, you know, for me, it's just, uh, it's Houston. Houston is seven and three in its last 10. They have hitting, they have pitching. Giles is settled in. Finally, uh, there's the closer. Uh, Bregman was slow and now he's caught up and really solidifying that third base spot for them in the last 15. He's got five homers, 17 RBIs and hitting uh, 323. And in the last two weeks, he's got 20 hits. I mean, He's doing uh, he's doing well in what everybody expected. You go down that front uh, the the uh, starting rotation with uh, Keiko. He's going to be uh, put on hold for a couple of days just to uh, you know rest that arm a little bit. But then you've got uh, Fister who seems to be uh, on and off, becoming more on than off. You got McHugh fires and uh, Joe Musgrove. Somebody people aren't talking about. Yeah, good young pitcher there. Here's the only problem, not maybe a problem, but we're going to find out real, uh, real quick what this team is made of. Uh, and I don't know. I didn't get. I haven't checked yet for what they did today against uh, Texas. They lost yesterday to Texas, uh, eight to ten. And just I think it was twelve great... four today. Twelve four Houston today, I believe. They 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 did, huh? They did nice. And uh, that's the thing is. They, they're going to put up some runs now, and uh, we'll see what happens with their pitching if they if it holds them in. But uh, yeah, the uh, the final today uh, of their game, I can't get. I don't know why. 
But 12-4, there it is. And actually, they lost 12-4. Okay, so they lost 12-4. I'm sorry. Yeah, Rangers, Rangers won 12-4. And that's what I was just alluding to. They've got uh, t- yesterday, today against Texas, uh, and then uh, tomorrow. And then four against Cleveland, three against the Cubs, and then three more against Texas. So this stretch right here is going to uh, going to be big. They they're either going to put themselves right smack in the middle of everything, or they're going to fall on their face and be out of it. JT, uh, I'm going to go with you next. What do you have? Which which uh, uh, baseball team are you looking for for this late push? Well, the team that's caught my eye recently are the Boston Red Sox. The pitching looks like it's finally starting to come around. Only 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They've been in some good games. The addition of Yoan Moncada called up on Friday, their top prospect, the uh, Cuban all-star. Kid has speed. He has a glove. can hit the ball. I wonder if he gives them the same kind of spark that a Gary Sanchez gave the Yankees uh, upon his call-up. You know, they're playing nice. Oakland. Right now, mm-hmm. they're playing a pretty easy schedule. They uh, sixteen to four last last time I saw when they played us a couple of days ago. Um, you know, should be pretty easy, uh, pretty easy going. So Boston is a team that intrigues me going forward. Nice, nice. All right, all right. Yeah, and that they could get that boost. You know, like you like you said, the Yankees sure did from Sanchez. So that that definitely could be, and that's always nice. Right at the end of the season, that. If you can get a boost right at the end of the season in whatever form or fashion uh, to ride that momentum into the playoffs is always great to have. Uh, Busy Jay, what are you looking at? What team are you uh, intrigued by as we come at, to the end here? In the American League, I'm going to have to agree with – I'm going to agree with JT. I'm keeping an eye on Boston. I think they're about to make a push and secure that wild card spot. But the National League, you know, it's wide open, and I'm really – I hate to say this, but I'm really keeping an eye on the Nationals. I want to see how the Nationals play everything on out. I want to see once they get um, Strongberg come back, and then they also add they have they have Harper, they have Daniel Murray leading off. Jason, Jason Worth, the straight edge Jason Worth, is actually being productive. I thought he would have fell off the face of baseball. But uh, I think with Dusty Baker managing the helm, this team will not falter. They will not have bad playoff losses like they had the previous couple of years, besides last year when my Mets won the National League. But keep an eye on the Nationals. I think they can contest with the Cubs. The Cubs are not running away with the National League, folks. They're not running away. Uh, as far as that whole last statement there, you had me <laughs> until that last statement. There is no way... Oh, I shouldn't say that. Never mind. I just can't. Why don't you I can't just get him a goat, Jester? <laughs> I'll leave it there. All right. Folks, I have to pay some bills right now. We'll be right Hi, back. Hi, folks. It's Barbara here for Deep Obsession Charters. Whether you live in the beautiful West Palm Beach area or you're planning on visiting the Sunshine State and you love to dive, you have to contact South Florida's premier dive operators. Deep Obsession Dive Charters out of the West Palm Beach area. They are a full-service dive operation. They've got everything from equipment sales and rentals, and they're also a PADI-certified dive center, and they offer certifications from beginning all the way to pro. Deep Obsession offers wreck dives, reef dives, night dives, and dives to the beautiful Blue Heron Bridge, which was voted one of the world's best macro dive sites. 
But their best adventure, I believe, is their baited shark dives. Here you will be educated on the importance of conservation of these beautiful endangered creatures while being up close and personal with them. It's truly an unforgettable experience, I tell you. For the best customer service in the industry, with fun and safety as a priority, you can book your next dive adventure at deepobsessioncharters.com or you can call them at 561-707-2045. You can also find Deep Obsession Charters on Facebook and Twitter or you can check out their videos on YouTube. Remember, for the best dive experience in South Florida, it's Deep Obsession Dive Charters. Dive, dive, dive! Hi, this is Jim Rosenhaus with the Cleveland Indians, and you are listening to the Fantasy Jester. Love a Miles Jag, you listen to the Fantasy Jesse Show. And that would be me. I am a Fantasy Jester, folks, and we are running through the show. We are covering a little bit of every sport that you could possibly want. And we're calling out a coward. If you haven't heard, uh, you missed that part, you can go back to listen to us. And all our episodes on iTunes, we invite you to go ahead. Go, you know, you talk about being able to do Netflix and binge watch. Kick back, relax, pour yourself a nice drink, all right? And just put your feet up. Go binge listen to the Fantasy Jester Show on iTunes. And you'll be able to hear some great, great shows. Some of them, if you've missed them, Jim Rosenhouse has been on the show Funny stories there We've had some great, great guests And really, you'll find out why We are the fastest growing sports talk podcast out there right now And and tonight is just going ahead and proving it even more As we're going ahead And we are rifling through every sport that you could possibly want On our coverage tonight We come in next And we're going to bring back Busy J and JT for a quick little uh, talk about the NBA, uh, and next week we're going to do a little bit more in-depth on the NBA as we're going to be reviewing Busy J's first article uh, about the Eastern Conference and the Atlantic Division. We'll be going over that next week. And right now, though, the NBA team to challenge Golden State is Busy J. You know, everybody's going to say it's the Spurs or LeBron, but I'm going to throw the curveball of all curveballs. It's going to be Oklahoma City. It's going to be the ascension. It's going to be the ascension of the new alpha dog, whose name Russell Westbrook. It's going to be his league. He's going to be the new Kobe. He Mark is, my words. Uh, he is, you know, for. They always say you got to watch for the blessing and what you think was bad for you. You know, at first, I'm sure uh, OKC was not happy about losing Durant. But in that for Westbrook, I think it's really going to be able to finally put the spotlight on a man who deserves it. I mean, he is supremely, supremely talented. And while I'm not 100% sure they're going to challenge Golden State, that would make for one hell of a story. JT, what do you think? Anybody going to challenge Golden State? Well, you know, it's funny. Busy being the guy that he is, uh, I also agree in Oklahoma City. But let me throw a different guy, a different team out there for uh, someone else to think about here. I also like the Houston Rockets with the subtraction of Dwight Howard. I think that makes them a better team to begin with. Secondly, you bring a guy like Mike D'Antoni in there, and you look at some of the guys that are in his system. 
Ryan Anderson, if he can stay healthy, he can fill it up from three with the best in the league. A guy like Trevor Ariza, who's kind of a stat stuffer. Eric Gordon, a 20-pound, lighter, smaller-bearded James Harden, who doesn't have to deal with a tool like Dwight Howard. I see Houston being a team that can give Golden State trouble. Golden State doesn't play defense, and neither does Mike D'Antoni, so that would be a fun Western Conference final to watch. I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, you like that, Fizzy? I like that pick. I like that sleeper pick. That'd be interesting, but, again, um, the reason why I asked this question was just to see what everybody would come up with. I personally don't think anybody has anything for Golden State this year. Uh, and um, you're going to see there's going to be some kind of change in how things are done to prevent teams from being able to do something like this. Uh, it was cute when they did it for LeBron in Miami, okay? I don't think after – they're going to make it a joke. They're going to make the NBA season a joke this year, and it's going to promote change. That's my belief in what's going to happen. Next up, we got to finish up. Uh, from the other day, we had a two-hour special NFL on the Gridiron Guys. And, again, you can go back on iTunes and watch that. But we were going to finish up after fantasy going through our teams. And we were coming up on the next one. JT and Busy J. Here we go. Joey Bosa gets more than five sacks this year. JT. That's fact. Once he gets into shape – once he gets uh, in the good graces in that starting lineup, or even as a situational pass rusher, the guy's good enough to put up five sacks. I think he comes in around nine. So that's that's fact for five. Busy Jay. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with JT. That's a fact. He'll get he'll get five sacks by December first. Ones like you like JT said. Once he gets in the shape, playing shape, he'll be fine. Definitely a fact. Uh, Joey Bosa does not get five sacks and spends most of his time on and off the uh, the injured list. That's my pick. Seattle, Tyler Lockett gets 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. Busy Jay. I would say fiction. He will get close to 1,000 and he won't get 10 touchdowns. I think the offense is going to be well more well-rounded this season. He won't get that many touches in the red zone. Uh, JT uh, I think he's too important As a special teams player As a return man as well I don't think Pete Carroll's one Going to put that much on his shoulders I see him around eight, 800, 850 yards Probably 7, 8 touchdowns So I'm going fantasy Okay All right JT And Jason Blaine Gabbert San Fran That's all season long JT I want to say fact, but I got to say fantasy. Chip Kelly never seems to be satisfied with anything anyone does. Uh, and Gabbert isn't the most talented guy to begin with without much of a supporting cast. So the quarterback will take the blame. That's fantasy. Jason? Busy Jay. Total, fan, total fantasy. He won't last past week six. I'll give him until week six before our heads start calling for Kaepernick to play. And, not really, and it's not really your fault. It's just like like JT said, he's not really that reliable, and he doesn't have a lot of options to work with. And you see, uh, you see Kaepernick actually getting the call from the fans to play. Yes, definitely. That, that's going to start Absolutely. as early as week three. That's going to start as early yep. as week three. 
Hmm. Okay. All righty. Um, next up, we have Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston throws for 4,200 yards and 30 touchdowns. Busy J. I want to say fact. I want to say fact, but I'm going to go fantasy. He'll come up a little short. Maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, a little short. I, I want to say fa- I want to say fact so bad, but I can't. Okay, a little short. In which department? The forty-two hundred or the thirty-two touchdowns? The thirty touchdowns. 30, thir- thirty touchdowns. I see like twenty-five, twenty-five range for him. All right, all right, JT. Uh, looking at Dirk Cutter's history, he likes to run the ball in the red zone. Uh, Jameis is a good quarterback, but that's fantasy. 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns. Okay. All right. Yeah, I have uh, – I actually have him just under on both. I have uh, 4,100 yards and 27 touchdowns. Interesting. Tennessee. Tennessee. Fact or fantasy? DeMarco Murray – at the end of the year, will have more rushing touchdowns than Derrick Henry. Jason Townsend. I'm going to go fantasy on that. I think it's going to be the Thunder and Thunder show. DeMarco Murray's uh, littered injury history bothers me. And I look at a guy like Derrick Henry, 6'3", 247, pound him, you know, just straight muscle. He's going to be your main red zone guy. So, fantasy. Busy J. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with that. I just don't think I don't think you can rely on Murray all season long. And for what I've seen out of Henry in the preseason, he looks like he's in great shape, and he looks a lot leaner. And I could definitely see him getting more pounds in the end zone, in the red zone. And then finally, Washington, and we alluded to how he was doing. Who uh, my guy? I had mentioned Kirk Cousins and what he was able to do this past season. This past season, he threw for 69.8% completion. Fact or fantasy, he matches that number or better this year. Busy J. I'm going to go fact. I think he's going to outperform his pace last season. He's not getting any respect. He has another year comfortable in the system. No one's taking this job. He doesn't have to worry about someone, you know, behind his back. Fact, he's definitely going to outperform from last season. Uh, JT? Um, I agree that's a fact as well. You're also looking at a guy that's trying to justify playing for a big contract. He's playing under the franchise tag now, so this is a contract year for him. Josh Dobson, I think, is going to be a fantastic addition to that receiving core. If Jordan Reed can stay healthy, sky's the limit for Kirk Cousins. And, you know, here's the thing, and, and here's what I believe is why that this is so successful. And this might be something to watch for the future of the NFL is this. Because of the rule changes that they've made, will offensive coordinators from the Arena League start doing well and bringing in a short passing game to the NFL. You know, I'm looking at something that possibly could, that could be happening is the idea of this, the East Coast version of the West Coast offense. 
and it's going to be an arena league offense with a lot of short passing, a lot of short timing, a lot of short crossings, okay, a lot of dump offs and this, that, the other, nothing real long because obviously it's arena ball. They're not going to throw deep in arena league, okay, but still have the high completion. Are we looking at a new offense where you used to say, well, it was a run heavy uh, or deep ball attack or a West Coast offense? Are we now seeing the advent of the Arena League offense and what they will call it? That's what I want to know. You've you've already seen it. You've already already seen it, Jester. You've got one of the most prolific Arena League quarterbacks and coaches, Jay Gruden from the Orlando Predators, doing that right now in the NFL. If you look at a lot of the plays he runs, it's stuff that he called when he was with the Predators. So I think you're you're spot on with that. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, NFL news that has our attention. Guys, we'll start with – let's go with Busy J. What's the NFL news that has your attention, Busy? I would just say it's a whole quarterback carousel we had today. Like, so Mark Sanchez is going to be backing up over at the Cowboys. I, I think we're going to see some Mark Sanchez actually playing meaningful football in Dallas. And I like the ransom that uh, Philadelphia got for um, Bradford. They got a first-round pick and a seventh-round pick for him. So I'm really, I'm really intrigued. I think both, situ- both quarterbacks can help both situations a little bit. Okay. I mean, Sanchez can't, he can't, Sanchez can't mess up anymore if he's playing behind that O-line. Danny? Um, I'll answer both of those after JT goes with his. Go ahead, JT. Um, it's got to be the trade between Minnesota and Philadelphia. How many times does Minnesota have to get taken to the cleaners in a trade? It's like the Dallas Cowboys and Herschel Walker all over again. You give up a first and a fourth for a guy that since he came in the NFL in 2010 – Sam Bradford has the lowest quarterback rating of any starting quarterback and is 15 points lower than the guy that would be there now in Sean Hill. So don't understand what the Vikings franchise is thinking. Panic move. Panic move. That's what happened. And and it's absolutely funny as hell. You know, the Eagles, let me tell you something. Obviously, as a Giant fan, I am not an Eagle lover. But the Eagles have had one hell of a week. They've gone ahead and got a first-round pick. Forget the conditional fourth. They were able to rob somebody for a first-round pick for Bradford. Better nickname is Badford. Okay. Got a first-round pick for him, and then they got Doriel Green Beckham for free. The guy's going to end up being, if not their number one receiver, their number two. Unbelievable. As far as what Busy J was talking about, uh, Sanchez, I don't think, uh, I think he's there to hold the clipboard. If, uh, if, uh, Dak Prescott falls on his face, I don't see that happening. That that's me personally, as far as, uh, as far as that's concerned. What was the other one that you had pointed out busy? No, I was talking about that. And I was talking about Minnesota. Now what happens if Minnesota doesn't make the playoffs? What if, you know, high hopes they were expected to go 10 and six, Nine and seven. What if they go seven and nine now, and the Phillies go maybe like six and ten? So now the Eagles are in a position where they could hold two top twelve picks. So, like you said, kudos to the Eagles for pulling off that uh, hijack. 
Interesting. I believe Cleveland. I believe Cleveland holds Philadelphia's pick next year for moving up to number two for Carson Wentz. Yes, they do. So he gets Philly back into the first round. That's right. That's right. They hold they hold their first pick. Cleveland does, and when Cleveland plays them the first week of the season, they could actually help their cause by beating them. So. Uh, pretty good game that very first week if they could help themselves. And it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You know, next up, folks, I want to bring up our uh, – we have a very, very popular segment. And uh, we had to finish it from uh, the Gridiron guys. But right now, you know, from around the world in sports, we bring you fact yeah. or fantasy. Hold on, Jester. Hold on, Jester. I want to switch things up a little bit. You know, every show you give us factor fantasy questions. This is called the Fantasy Jester Show for a reason. So why don't we give you a chance to flex your mental muscle a little bit? My mental muscle? Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. But uh, I'm kind of – I'll do my best. Go. All right, let's, with so it. Let's, let's, let's start off the NFL. Andrew Luck will throw more touchdowns than Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco combined. Factor fantasy. That will be uh, that will be fantasy. I see Luck throwing thirty-five. I see Matt Ryan throwing thirty. So I doubt that Joe Flacco, even though he's throwing to uh, what looks like Mo Larry and Curly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know what, though? Here, I can't say that. Uh, you know, people are going to be surprised that this kid could stay healthy, okay? Perriman yeah. is, is a playmaker, folks, but it's just keeping his ass on the field. Uh, that it seems to be the problem. But, no, um, I think you're going to see uh, – I think you'll definitely see way more touchdowns uh, in a combined. Uh, and with mm, – let's see. Yeah, no, 35 for Luck on the season. Flacco, I could see him with uh, 26 and uh, Ryan with 30. So, yeah, beating them by plenty. Next. You have Ryan. You have Ryan a lot higher than I do. So, let's uh, let's switch gears to MLB. How do you, okay, let me ask you something. How do you mm-hmm. feel about the Atlanta defense then? I think you the think- Atlanta defense will take a step forward. Vic Beasley being healthy. Uh, some of their other additions, Paul Warlow, one of the most underrated middle linebackers in football. The guy's a tackling machine. Uh, I think you're going to see a little better defense this year, and I think you're still going to see the Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman running game. Nice. Okay. Go ahead, so, next. MLB, the New York Mets, busy this for you, are the biggest disappointment of 2016. Fact or fantasy? I would have to go. Hmm. High hopes for this team. Fantasy. Was it to him in the background? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I have to go with fact because of this reason only, okay? I had, if everybody remembers, at the beginning of the season, I had three of their pitchers in the top 10 for starting pitchers. And. That has not come to fruition. Uh, a lot of problems. The, the once mighty pitching staff, Harvey, gone. You know, you've got, uh, what's his name, Wheeler, who was supposed to come back. Gone. He never did. Bartolo Colon 
finally showing age. Uh, Matt's, again, having problems with that arm. Now you got Syndergaard probably having I mean, really? I mean, this is this was supposed to be, you know, a team with six starting pitchers that was going to have to trade one because they just had too much starting pitching. And, I mean, there isn't anybody who didn't say that at the beginning of the season. If somebody said, no, the Mets are going to have pitching problems at the beginning of the year, you're a damn liar. So I, I would I definitely – Pardon me? I had them not making the playoffs, so I'm feeling pretty good about the Mets. Yeah, well, and you know what? You were probably the only, one of the very few. Who? Two games back. Two games back. We're still in the hunt. <laughs> what a maroon. <laughs> what an ignoranimous. <laughs> yeah, how many games back? You really don't. So, you see, you got you to understand. All we got to do is get into the wild card game, and that's it. We'll be all right. You really, you really just want to see your team in the playoffs, don't you? It'll be a terrible disappointment to know that the defending National League champions don't get back. So you really want to see your team in the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. And I want well, to run well. down a beach into my own arms, <laughs> but that's impossible. <laughs> All right, now listen, listen. We got to move along here. Let's go to the association. Okay, the Spurs will open camp for the first time since Bill Clinton was the president without Tim Duncan. Factor fantasy: the Spurs are still an elite team in the NBA. That is fantasy. I think they went further last year than they should have, and I think it was simply because of Pop's coaching. I think the team finally. This is this is it. I mean. Duncan's gone, and pretty much so is Ginobili and Parker, um, and that was that was the team right there. This is going to be, you know, this is going to be the challenge right now. Does Pop stick around for the rebuild? And, and that's going to be the interesting part because I remember a while ago Pop saying, "Once Duncan's gone, so am I." And so. Does Pop give him one more year as a charity? I think, yeah, I, I, I think this year is going to be a difficult year for the Spurs, and I think that's where Pop sits and finally goes, all right, you know, do I have it in me for the rebuild? And uh, I see him riding off into the sunset after this season. So, no, they are not a powerhouse anymore. All right, switch gears, NHL. Backstrom, 20 goals. 50 assists last year for the Capitals. Total of 70 right. points. Right. Fantasy. Backstrom puts up 80 points this season. I would go uh, fantasy on that again. I'm going to go fantasy again. I think those numbers, those were that's a career uh, for him. That would be a career season in my opinion. Simply from this too because Backstrom has a uh, history of injury problems. So I don't see him staying healthy again for this full season, being able to go ahead and replicate a season that really he, it was one of his best. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Travis Zajac. Zajac was great because he had Parisi, not necessarily because he's a great player. And now you're talking about a guy who, unlike uh, Zajac, uh, Zajac uh, is healthy, 
okay, but just not a great player. I think Backstrom is a decent player, but he has too many health issues. So uh, I would go on on the uh, side of that's fantasy. Fantasy. Back to the NFL. The Oakland Raiders relocation to Las Vegas would be good for the NFL. Back for fantasy. I don't, I don't understand how that could be good for the NFL for a couple of things. One, I, I don't understand putting a sports team in Vegas. I just, I never really saw that a professional team being in Vegas as something as good. First of all, as an it for image, for uh, uh, putting a bunch of millionaires uh, so close to the fire, uh, and then finally, you know, to me. The Oakland Raiders, I mean, that, that's football. Madden. Right. Raiders Nation. I mean, and, and you're going to move the black hole to to Vegas? You know, with the black sand pit? I don't, I don't know. What does it become? <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And, no, I, I don't think that was good for football. I don't see how it could be f- good for football. And, again, I think my biggest reason is that, you know, Vegas is has been taboo. It's been taboo. But then again, now you're talking about leagues that are in bed with uh, fa- fantasy, uh, daily fantasy uh, sites now, you know, and I mean in bed with them where right. money's going both ways. So, you know – you might as well have uh, the MGM Raiders. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I mean, at this point, uh, FanDuel, FanDuel and DraftKings control the NFL. So, anyway. Right. Go ahead. What's so up? Back Next. To, back to baseball. WWE mm-hmm. a hopeful Yasiel Puig will be playing for another franchise next spring. And if so, where? Yasiel Puig. What's going to happen with Yasiel Puig is simple. Yasiel Puig is staying right where he is, and I'm going to tell you why. He needed that demotion, and he he needed to see that he would be demoted to get him focused. Now, he's still having a good time and partying and all that, but if you notice one thing, he started doing what he was supposed to be doing, hitting. Now, you've got a team like the Dodgers who hopefully might be getting Kershaw back. You're not 100% sure, but should be getting him back. They've been rolling lately. They're they're a playoff team now. And now he's coming back, and he's coming to a different locker room. He's coming back different as a person, and he's coming back to a different locker room. And I think – He's going to continue to succeed, and I think he's actually going to be one of the stars down the stretch and in the playoffs, okay, to secure his spot. Remember, he's coming back to a a, a locker room now that's going to look at him and go, okay, we have been on a tear without you. Don't screw it up for us. And he's gone down there and gotten his head back into hitting – so you've got somebody who's back at hitting coming to a locker room who's like, listen, this is your last chance with us because we're in contention. We're not going to put up with it. You've got a manager who's handled the situation beautifully from the start. 
And now this kid's going to go ahead and thrive this year at crunch time and make him the darling that he was supposed to be. I can see him, yeah, I can see him playing for sure next year in in the Dodgers uniform. All right, back to the association. Now this one both of you gentlemen may be interested in. With the offseason additions the New York Knicks have made, the Knicks <laughs> make the postseason this year. Busy Jay, I'll let you go on that one first. And that's what he says about he's the next season. Yeah, he's, he's like the next season, son of a gun. I guess he thought the fact of fantasy was just me, and I thought it was just me too. But I just wanted to throw him in there because it was the Knicks. But okay, um, the Knicks are the uh, Knicks playoff go. team. Oh, all right, there he is. Who's yeah, he? sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about no that. Knicks, go ahead. What do you think? The Knicks playoff team. I think the Knicks are going to be a lot better than a lot of people think. A lot of people pencil them as, as high as seven. I'm going as high as six. I think the Knicks are going to be very competitive. I think Noah is going to just bring locker room presence because Carmelo is more of a quiet, softer leader. But Noah is going to be the hardest on the team. I, I expect the Knicks to be, a, be in contention to be in the playoffs. They're definitely going to be a lot better than they were the last three seasons. Uh, I think they'll be better. I think they'll just barely make it. I see them as the eighth seed. But that's that's about it. You, they, you're talking about guys who, um, you know, maybe a couple of years ago would have made a, a much bigger impact on this team. You've got a uh, – you still have a dimish, diminishing skills mellow. You have a, a – hopefully he stays healthy, Derek Rose. You have uh, Joe Kim uh, at the back end of his career and coming off being a backup. You know, I don't know. It's not going to make that much of a difference, but enough. You're talking about the East. You know, I could pretty much line up uh, Joey Cage, JT, Busy J, myself, and I I don't know anybody else. And pretty much we could come in and be the eighth seed in the uh, East. So <laughs> in the East. Uh, I don't see with that collection of uh, men how they uh, how they at least don't get the eighth spot. So that's my pick. Go ahead. Next. Uh, all right. Now, factor fantasy. The correct term for 53 millionaires sitting around a big screen TV watching the Super Bowl is the New York Giants. Factor fantasy. Uh, that would uh, that would have to be uh, fantasy. There are other teams more likely to be watching. There would be the Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Miami Dolphins, the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Oh, there's a whole host of teams. I would go way before that. So you like that I don't know. a little better, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know how that got in there. That just kind of slipped in. But a good one for you. Toronto Maple Leafs prospect Mitchell Marner will be the yeah. prospect to make the most impact this coming season, Factor Fantasy. I go who Marner, yeah. Marner's been uh, solid. He's, he's uh, going to be up this year for sure uh, with Toronto. That's what, At least that's what I'm hearing is that he'll be up for sure. And I, I don't think so, and here's why. And, oh, my God, I'm going to take a beating on this because I'm going to be called a homer. 
But I'm going to tell you right now, yeah, no. And that's the shame part is people will pay attention to it because they're going to think I'm a homer on this. But I am, listen, more than being a homer, okay, I, I need to be right in my life. I'd rather be right and not be the homer than be the homer and be wrong. Trust me. So when I say, here's the thing, there's, I think Zaka is going to play that up in the NHL this year. They've been talking about third line or, or nothing. And I think if they let that kid start from the beginning of the season, we're looking at Pavel Zaka as the rookie of the year in the NHL. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Looks like we got time for a couple more here. Oh, One more. 1,350 yards, 15 touchdowns. Factor fantasy. Uh, let's see. Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham. I've heard that name before. Yes. Um, yes, as you should have. I would say my prediction for Odell simple one. 1425 and 15 touchdowns, folks. Nice. Folks, that is all the time we have tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been my pleasure for JT, for Busy J, for all the staff here at Fantasy Justice Show at FantasyJustice.com. Thank you so much if you for have, joining us. We'll catch you next shot. week, 8 p.m. One opportunity. We have a little surprise for you next week. Everything you ever want. You don't want to hear us. One moment. I'm the fantasy jester. You I'm out of here. Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms.